0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello.
1: Welcome to another episode of Brewcast here on masonbrew.com. We have another jam-packed show for you today. Big Ten Tournament Recap: Michigan has won back-to-back years, another year of four wins and four days. Pretty, pretty special uh, happenings in Ann Arbor with the basketball team right now. And we'll talk about the Big Ten Tournament, also the layover that's coming up uh, with Michigan basketball. We also in with the Oscars uh, being on Sunday, decided to hand out some Michigan basketball awards of our own. We'll get to those, and then we've got a, a little. Uh, probably the most ridiculous segment i've ever come up with uh we'll just get to we'll cross that bridge when we get to it so hopefully you'll stick around for that uh before we get started here i want to welcome in my co-hosts uh luke yardy and chris castellani how are you doing fellas all doing great after the weekend
2: yeah it's uh it it was a uh it was pretty crazy uh last couple days but um sunday sunday was uh well saturday also but uh Sunday was, uh, was awesome. And it was, I'm just, uh, I'm just really proud of this, uh, of this, uh, Michigan team and what they've been able to do. And I'm just proud to say that I, I'm, I root for this, uh, for this program.
3: Anthony, take a victory lap, my man. You were the only one to pick Michigan to win
1: this thing. Yeah. And being the humble person I am, I, I just, I, I let that go by the wayside. I made sure I didn't mention it or anything like that. Uh, on social media, so, or except, <laughs> except I did. Um, yeah, I won't hurt my myself. Pat myself on the back too much, but um, call it a gut feeling. And gosh, you know, I'll just kind of call my shot here right now. I got to see how the the bracket shape up. You no know, seating is kind of all over the place right now. I've seen Michigan as high as a three somewhere, as low as a five. Uh, I think they're probably going to end up being a four seat, but depending on the draw that they get, and and really. To me, the draw that they end up getting doesn't really even matter because, you know, what this team has shown me is, you know, the Achilles heel of Michigan basketball in years past has been, you know, this team didn't have size and they didn't really play defense. Well, they have both now. And it's not just, I think it was John Crispin during Friday's game said something along the lines of, you know, oh, well, this, you know, people sleep on this Michigan basketball team. They're pretty undefeated or uh, undefeated, uh, underrated defensively. And I'm sitting here going, you look at Ken Palm they're the ninth best defense in the country up to you know. number six right now. Yeah. All the way up to number six. So they're, they're not just underrated. They are, they're one of the best in college basketball, which yeah, they're
2: legitimately great.
1: Yeah. And it's not, you know, I, I did a couple of radio hits uh, earlier on Monday and the question both times was, you know, are you worried about this layoff and the layover and things like that? And I'm not, because if it was a team that's playing over their heads, It'd be one thing, but this is a legitimately good ass basketball team that does, you know, when the shots aren't falling, you know, in the years past, it's been Michigan's either going to live by the three or die by the three. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even when they quote unquote die by the three, their defense is good enough to keep them in games and win them games, not just keep them in games, but win them games. Right?
2: They should have been up by a lot more than five, uh, which I believe is what they were up they were up by five at halftime against Purdue. They missed a lot of open shots in that first half. Same yeah. with uh, I felt in the Michigan State game, they should have been down by a lot more than they were, and the defense kept them in. It. And you let this team uh, linger around long enough, they're gonna start making shots. And it, I, I'm, I, I totally agree with you about not necessarily being worried about this layoff. I said this earlier where if this was last year's team, I would be a lot more worried about it.
3: Um, And, you know, I'm not worried about it just because Michigan has the best coach in the Big Ten Conference and a top five coach in the country.
2: He's he's, he's the best coach right now. I mean, it's – he is the king of – adjusting, not just uh, season by season or week by week, but game by game. Um, I, it is crazy to think, honestly, that really two years ago uh, was the first time and really the only time in which I thought maybe beeline, the beeline era was coming to an end. And it was the the Michigan State game at home where Bryn Forbes hit like a million threes. Uh, they got embarrassed on their home floor. They barely made the tournament that year, barely beat a, a Tulsa team. That that was shitty. And even last year, I mean, people forget they weren't going to make the tournament 20 games into last season.
1: Yeah. And we talked about this in the Slack room over the weekend where people, you know, would kind of waxing poetic after the games, you know, we're talking about, you know, when did things change? And we were talking about how, well-routed this team is and when they kind of turn the corner, especially defensively. And, you know, it was that Illinois game. Um, yep. In like January of, uh, of last season, you know, the, the white collar game, you know, that was kind of the first time where even I saw guys that I, I respect, you know, there, you know, there's a lot of hot takes out there, but you know, I saw guys in the media, I respect saying maybe, maybe this may be the end of the line for John B line. And, and it wasn't. Um, and, you know, one of the safest bets bets in the world. And I'm kind of a dick about this on Twitter, but at the same time, every year it never fails in mid December. There's like that non-conference law. They'll lose a, a bad game to, you know, what, what was it? LSU this year. Mm-hmm. It seems like they always drop a couple right. that are head scratchers, North Carolina. I don't think North Carolina is that good, but you know, they, um, they stomped a mud hole in them. this It year. wasn't, it wasn't the same Michigan team in that North Carolina game. no, No, and that's the thing. It's even. I think there was a point in that UCLA game where people were kind of freaking out. I'm like, you guys need like just relax. You know this team is going to be playing its best basketball down the stretch, Uh, and look what's happened. But but, nobody.
2: I mean, but nobody thought they'd be this good. I. I I didn't. No, there's
1: no way. They. No, I thought for sure that this. This is a team that had like second weekend potential. I legitimately think that this is this team should be one of like the five top five to seven favorites to win the whole thing. And like, I I did not expect that. I but gotta be honest with right now. Uh that you you point to that Illinois game last year and
3: that was the one and only time since Beeline's been at Michigan where I thought this thing might actually be coming to an end.
2: The, yeah. Well to me it was to me it was the Ohio State game at home. Where they played Ohio State at home on a Saturday night. Uh could not have given less of a shit when they played, played with no energy, no fire. Um, The, the only person who did anything in that game was, was Derek Walton. And then all of a sudden the next game, uh, the next week they played Michigan state at home and Indiana on the road. And they demolished Michigan state. And then went to Indiana and beat them up. and, And all of a sudden went on this ridiculous run. I feel like, the two there's kind of been two moments that you can point to and say this was when the B line era took off. The first time it was twenty eleven against MSU, mm-hmm. uh Stu Douglas hitting that big three, um I, that winning in Michigan State for the first time since you know the early nineties. And uh the second time was uh after, you know, two or one and a half down years, I think was last year's Michigan State game. Uh out of nowhere, they played like a team that that was possessed seemingly, and they came out and did it in the uh, conference tournament, and that's carried over into this year. It's it's dude, it, like it, I feel like we're like you said, we're waxing poetic about it. It's freaking awesome, man. I mean, it, it 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 is so much fun watching this team, and that's what's cool. about it this is just a likable team, and I think that they, that's uh a lot of that is because of their coach. But I think there's a lot of people rooting for this Michigan team that don't have a lot of stake in uh, what's going to happen. I just think that there's something about this coaching staff, this group of players that people are drawn to. And I think it is because – they, this isn't a five a team of five star recruits. Uh, this isn't a team of one and dones A lot of these are people nobody wanted. Rockman was like going to go to a community college.
3: Rockman was a two star recruit,
2: right? And, and and Wagner was another one of the beeline projects that he takes on every so often. And and, and you have a couple other young freshmen. I, I think this is uh, and somebody like Xavier Simpson. That's not a guy who's going to strike fear in anyone not until they get on the court.
3: I mean, to to be fair to Xavier, he was Ohio's Mr. Basketball. What I don't know is how the hell did John Beeline find Mo Wagner over in Germany? What is the story behind that?
1: I wish I knew I don't have it in front of me, but uh, you know, it's one of those, I'll say two things, kind of piggybacking off of um, what Chris kind of just was talking about why this team is so likable. I think with all that's going on in college basketball, with the corruption, the FBI stuff, Michigan has become the poster child for doing things the right way and not just doing things the right way, but you can, it's possible to do things the right way and still be a national contender. I, I think this is a national title contender. No doubt. I think the, the way that they're playing, the way that they're coached, um, you know, and, and we ask, you know, what was the turning point for, for John B You know, this is kind of the John B 2.0 era, so to speak. Um, you know, they had the, a little bit of a lull after those, the final four or the, the national title game, the elite eight. Mm -hmm. But I think that you as a coach, as a leader, I mean, let me just speak from that regard. I mean, whether it's a staff of bloggers, whether it's a coach, whether it's whatever, anyone in a management position, you are only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. And, And when they made these hires with, um, you know, the two assistants they brought over from Illinois State. We got and to give have, some love to Sadie Washington. He has done a phenomenal job. He's been... Him as well,
2: from been, Oakland. Yeah.
1: Those, those guys have been terrific. And, and especially defensively, that's the biggest key to all this. I think that John Beeline wanted to get better defensively. I think that they want it. I mean, this is, it's been a clear focus for them and maybe it's been even a little bit at the expense of the outside shooting. This isn't the best outside shooting team that beeline has had. It's not even close, no. but like I said before, when you play defense as well as they do and, and they have the guys with size now, not just Wagner, but you know, John smash. that was so awesome. I, and, and you know, we won't, we won't give away too much, but uh, we, we all know someone that is friends with John Teske and that he was playing Fortnite two hours before the game, which I still don't really even know what Fortnite is.
2: Dude, I don't either. The... I, 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 yep. I tried it once. Um,
1: guys, I'll be honest with you. I'm just waiting for MLB the show.
2: Like, oh, same here. First
3: of like, all, did you guys see that they got rid of Online Dynasty on the show? I'm so mad yeah. about it.
2: Oh, did they Actually, really?
3: You're kidding. Nope. Nope. Just saw it today because I, I was waiting. I thought it was going to be like a, the show Monday that they've been doing, and I didn't see anything new, but I, I searched it on Google. No more online dynasty. I'm pissed. Wow.
2: That's... I also threw a, threw a perfect game against the Cubs on all-star mode a couple of days ago.
1: I have every I have taken a no-hitter into the ninth inning several times in that game, and I've never gotten there. I've never gotten it. I've never closed the deal. It's always with like the two outs or the oh. – um, it sucks. It's, it's one of those things that makes me consider quitting gaming forever, but <laughs> such is, such as life, such as baseball. Yes. Um. Some of the other things, and we haven't even really talked about the tournament. I mean, everyone's, you guys watch the games. I mean, it's, you had back-to-back top 10 wins. You had, uh, you know, it's just a team that's peaking at the right time, but they should have lost Iowa also. They should have. And you know what? Something that's very apparent to me, you know, I've been watching a lot of the conference tournaments, um, you no, know, I bet I was at almost all of the Horizon League tournament. I, I watched all of the Big Ten tournament. It seems like the team that's that's playing on the court for the first time, going up against a team against that you know that had played the day before, has that experience, mm. or has a game in hand, usually has the, the you know the upper hand. So that Iowa game didn't really surprise me. Um, but man, oh man, you know it, it's one of those things where. One of the biggest cliches in March is the survive and advance, you know, but mantra. It's so <laughs> true. It's it's so true. It It's baffling how true it is. But sometimes, you know, people say, oh, you know, this team's going to be tired. They played so many X amount of games and X amount of days. You know what? So is everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the water's level this time of year. So um, I think that fortune... You know the bounces, the luck. I, I'm I'm not a believer in the lucky bounce or things like that. Sometimes it happens at sports, but I've always been a, a staunch believer in you know fortune favors the well prepared and the well coached, and I, I think that's what Michigan is.
2: No, I agree. And one thing I wanted to bring up too is that uh, I I feel like most years I would have come into the Michigan State game. With the expectation that they were going to lose that game. Like, I remember four years ago when they lost in the uh, Big Ten tournament finals to MSU, and MSU had been, was finally healthy. You know, they had Harris and Adrian Payne uh, and Dawson, I'm, and Michigan had beaten them twice in the regular season. I remember being like almost 100% sure Michigan wasn't going to win that game. And I was like 50-50 coming into the game on Saturday. And I, I wasn't sure why. I think a big reason for it was because uh, they just steamrolled Nebraska in what was supposed to be Nebraska's you know biggest game of the season. Uh, but I legitimately had confidence that they were at the very least going to play with MSU. Uh, and that's... Kind of amazing. Even just two years ago, thinking that that could be uh, a possibility—that I, every time this team suits up, I think that they can can win. And it's it's been a while since there's been a team like that. Honestly,
3: I'm so excited that we get two more years of watching Xavier Simpson give Cassius Winston the blues. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I guess that's why they call it the blues, uh, as uh, as Sir Elton John say. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it's a fun team, and I gotta tell you, Michigan State, that team, like, make no mistake about it, they won what thirteen games in a row, bookended by losses to Michigan. Right. Like a lot of people are poo pooing them, they're still really freaking good, and I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, both Michigan and Michigan State, and yeah, I'll throw Purdue in there. I know they've tapered off a little bit lately, but you know, for his is I was a staunch believer that the big 10 really wasn't down this year, that it was more top heavy, but after watching the big 10 tournament, yeah, the big 10 was down this year. But with that being said, I think that all four big 10 teams that get in, uh, I don't think Nebraska will get in. No, I no. think that all, all four teams that get in, I think have a pretty good shot at you know doing some damage. So again, it'll be one of those deals where everyone, the narrative will be that the big 10 had a down year, but, I would not sh- be shocked to see like three big 10 teams in the lead eight or something like that.
3: Like the funny thing about Michigan state is that if they get bounced the first weekend, I'm not going to be surprised. And if they win the national championship, I'm not going to be surprised.
2: I be no, because
1: su- that's a team that no, go ahead, Chris. Uh,
2: I would be surprised if they won the national championship, but yeah, I, I, I am with you be, uh, with that because right now coming into the NCAA tournament, pe- people are going to freak out about this, but look at it you know objectively here that that huge winning streak Michigan State went on or the not the 13 game winning streak all of those games were games that they should have won like maybe the only in a lot of them were way closer than they should have been Indiana, Iowa, Purdue, three straight 3-point three games two of those teams suck uh Northwestern, they were down 27. Wisconsin, they beat by five and then three. Uh, Maryland by six. Uh, so I, when I watch them, I I still don't see like two years ago that the team with Denzel his senior year and, and, and Forbes and Costello, I thought that team was going to win the whole thing. That was the best Izzo team I've ever seen.
1: And then giddy pots happen
2: exactly right, and, <laughs> and so uh, which which is what worries me about this year because I could totally see the the opposite happening. Yeah, uh, where well, Mich- this- Michigan
1: State is one of those teams to me where you're just like you know they have not like it does not seem like they've played their best basketball game yet. Right, and no. like it like for as much we've you know people been crapping on Izzo and you know for a lot of the a lot of the stuff that he's getting heat for recently is. You know, totally separate from this, but I'm saying nobody is better at getting the most out of their team for the most part in March than he is. So right. I'm not going to write off that team yet. Um, I, I actually, you know, for a lot of people are kind of sitting out here saying that all oh, this Michigan State team is overrated, but. Maybe you're just team. Your team is just really, really good and beat them twice. So that's that's just what it is. And you know, like on, on the flip side, for Michigan,
3: the only way they get bounced in the first weekend is if they just completely are missing shots. And still, I would be surprised because of their defense. But they're gonna get good looks in this line offense. These guys are too good in the high pick and roll, and they're gonna get great looks, kind of like they did against Purdue. Not all the shots fell in the first half. That's why they were only up five. They got they started hitting those shots in the second half. And uh, Michigan, if they're able to hit shots, they're going to go deep in this tournament.
2: And one last thing, I mean, I think I I don't see Michigan getting blown out at any point, even if it's late, you know, uh, in the final four. Uh, But if and when they lose in the tournament, I mean, I think I think we kind of all know what, you know, what will be the cause of it. It, it, It's still going to be their free throw shooting, No doubt. Uh, even yesterday they 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 crapped the bed like four times you had rockman missing two uh Simpsons while he's getting better still missed two they missed the front end of uh two one and ones in a row um you know that they, they weren't they weren't lucky to win they deserved to win but I, I mean of at, at the, some point deep they go in March Harper, shut up you know like you know that's going to be what screws them over. I would be shocked if they just have a game where where they get full-on outplayed and they miss all their threes and, and everything goes wrong. No, I think if they lose, that's the only thing that's going to get in their way. I think they can beat anybody. I tweeted that. I think they can beat anybody, but I think the team that might be in their way the most could be them with the foul shooting.
1: Well, I like ending on that note and the good news about this is that now they will have, you know, almost two weeks. I'm sure free throw shooting will be a, a very large part of that. In addition to staying loose and figuring out, you know, some other things. The other thing, uh, the last point I'll make is that, you know, people are making a lot out of, oh, they have all this time to, what What are they going to do with all this layover time? Are they going to cool off? You know what else they have a lot of time to do? Watch a lot of conference tournaments and scout a lot of different opponents. So mm-hmm. That's something I don't think people are talking about either. And also, get healthy if you're Isaiah Livers. Absolutely, absolutely. You're, you know, all hands will kind of be on deck, and you know, I think that, uh, like I said, fortune favors the well prepared. I think they'll be well rested and well, well prepared. So, all right, well, that'll do it for this segment. Now we're going to move into our little Michigan basketball Oscars. So we'll hit that coming up next. All right, as we teased before, now it's time for our Michigan basketball Oscars. I did not watch the Oscars this year. I hardly saw any of the movies that were up for Oscars. The movies I usually see are usually never up for Oscars. So Same. but well, you
2: know, okay. I yeah, that, okay, that's not it, completely true for me. It, it used to be like I would see all the Oscar movies, but man, it like I'm have almost, you seen
1: Grinding Nemo?
2: Well.
1: Uh, <laughs> Someone – I heard Grinding Nemo. I forget where it was. I think I heard it in the bar over the weekend, and I, I almost spit out my drink. <laughs> I, like that is – that's that's the shape of water. That is yeah. the fish sex movie as it's being referred I to. I
3: saw people tweeting about that movie, and I, I thought it was like a fictional movie. I didn't think it actually existed because of the way people were talking about
2: it. it. There's been some movies, even ones I've seen that have been great, where I'll look back on them and think, God, you know what? That almost looked – that almost seems like something that I could – to see someone pulling a fast one on the world and, and being like, this whole thing was a joke. Like you guys remember that Spike Jones movie, her with Joaquin Phoenix.
1: Do I remember it? That is Do like, I, probably the strangest movie I've ever seen.
2: Wait, right, But like, okay. I thought it was, I thought it was really good, but the I thing, did
3: too. I did too.
2: Wait, right, but what's weird about it is like, it, it was one of those movies where if at the end, Spike Jones would have come out and said, people are nuts. This is the most ludicrous premise ever. And you guys are buying this as like high art. I would have been like, oh, okay. Like I kind of get it, but it is, it's, so it's weird seeing uh, all these different Oscar movies. Cause literally sometimes they honestly do feel fake. Like shape of water is one of them where I, I felt like this is, this is a fake trailer.
3: Her. Isn't really <laughs> that like ridiculous of a premise though, right now, you know, not with everything like I mean, that's going right on. Right it's it's started, not- there's,
1: we're starting to see some weird shit go down in our world. So that's like dating your cell phone is like not even probably top 10 of like the weird people
3: weird. Some date, some weird shit out there. Like you guys
2: have like a favorite movie you saw this year or or 2017. I mean,
1: who, um, God, it was, it was a, it was a good year. It was a really solid year. That's what I heard Um, from a lot
2: of people. Yeah. I didn't even watch that
1: many movies to be honest with you now that I think about it. I go to the movies a lot. I mean, Marvel drops three movies a year. I'm always here for those. You've got a Star Wars movie a year now. Mm -hmm. I'm always there for those. Um, No, I just like going to the movies, so I saw a lot last year. Get Out would definitely be it for
3: me. I I, I watched Get Out, and I loved Get Out.
1: Get Out is terrific. Um, It was – I loved it. I fucking
2: loved it, and I'm not even a huge fan of horror movies. I loved it.
1: It was so good. Baby Driver, I'll put it this way. I think Baby Driver was my favorite. That was, I saw that in the theater on the 4th of July. So I saw it like after the barbecue and everything, like the food coma was was sitting in. So I was very low energy going into that. Dude, I was sweating during that movie. And that's the first and only time I've ever had a leg, like my leg like cramped up, like during the movie. (laughs) I was so tense. God, it was so awesome. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Baby Driver. The third act of that movie is is modern art. It is amazing.
2: I won't say anything bad about it, but I I, I think it like he was like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something for a while. And I think it's it's really good. I didn't I not love it the way some other people did. Uh you brought up it. The other two that I saw this year that like I that stuck with me were uh War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes, which I think all three of those movies are so underrated.
1: My God, like, that like pound underrated. for pound, pound for pound, that might be like one of the best trilogies ever. I would like say, when you break it all down. I think it's top three easily. I and that might be a debate for another day. Yeah, I know. But I know, My but, God, those are good.
2: But, but uh, and the, the Disaster Artist was, was probably was my favorite movie last year.
1: Yeah, that was a, see, just a really strong. Like I probably I probably saw. 15 or 16 movies at the theater last year. I off the top of my head can't really think of one that I was like, not super here for. Like they were all pretty good. Um Actually, you know what? Justice, Justice League. League I okay. was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was okay. It doesn't suck, but it's not very good either. Well, so, but
2: isn't it kind of sad that like a movie like that, like it's Justice League, right? And well, I'll there, put it this way. There was nothing, but there was a friend of mine said this, and I thought he, he hit it on the head where there was, like, there was really no cool factor to that movie. Like, it didn't feel like... In a
1: Batman, movie. Superman, and Wonder Woman are, like, three icons, and seeing them on screen together should be, like, awe-inspiring, but it was not. <laughs> they they like,
3: may as well just table all Batman since Christopher Nolan's trilogy, to be yeah. honest with you.
1: Yeah. But, well, here's, here's the thing. Matt Reeves, the guy who did the last two movies of the apes yeah. trilogy is Rock's doing trilogy the I still think is really good. I have not seen that yet, but that is on my list of things <laughs> to do. Matt Reeves is doing the next Batman trilogy. So, I'm here for that. I be, I like, bet he's
2: gonna end up dropping out. Probably, yeah, cuz we can't all have all the nice other, things. Yeah, and it, it's just like I, and I think part of the reason why I didn't feel like such an event was because there was really no build up to it. Like when the first Avengers came out, that like people were into that you knew like it was it was an event uh justice league was like "Eh, yeah
1: you know what the avengers is like b characters too i know
2: nobody gave a shit about iron man before 2008
3: yeah yeah i mean robert downey just absolutely pretty pretty much brought marvel back himself
2: mm -hmm. with the first iron man yeah
1: I I have the stupidest smile on my face because never in a million years did I think we would go this direction and I could do this for two hours. But but yeah, um, Oscars, uh, fish, sex movie, grinding Nemo, whatever you want to call it. I I did not see it. Was not really here for that. We're going to pivot into our awards for Michigan basketball, though. Uh, I have how many categories here? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, that checks out. We have seven categories here. Uh, I will be presenting each. I will have you guys give your picks for each, and then I will tell you who my winner is. Uh, And you guys can tweet at us. You can leave a comment. Uh, Whatever you want to do as feedback to let us know who you thought should have won each award. So uh, we will start. I'm actually going to start at the bottom of the list that I sent you guys. We will uh, work our way up. Freshman of the year. Uh, This one feels pretty obvious to me. Uh, We'll go with Chris first. I want to hear your thoughts on Michigan basketball's freshman of the year.
2: Well, one of the one of the big winners last night was uh, Jordan Peele of uh, Key and Peele fame, winning for best uh, original screenplay. And so look I th- at the wordplay on this. Yeah, I thank love it, it. Thank you. So I think it's only fitting that Jordan Poole gets freshman of the year from Michigan. Um, really, I don't really see any other choice here. I know Livers started a lot of games, but uh, Poole is he's such a difference maker. And uh, he's a, he's a great energy guy. Um, we, we talk a little bit about uh, memes later in this segment, but uh, he's, um, he's one of those, he's a freshman who's, who plays beyond his years, but has the type of energy and the type of uh, kind of rambunctiousness that comes with being a freshman. Uh, he, he's the full package that I think if he continues to grow He's one of the guys on this team that's going to be an NBA talent at some point, so I think Jordan Poole's uh, my, my choice. All right, Luke.
3: Well, first of all, outstanding delivery. Chris. Outstanding delivery. Um I'm I'm also going with Jordan Poole. Obviously, uh I, I can't, you know, not gonna be able to deliver the word play quite like Chris did there. But pretty much what it comes down to, I mean, he took over DJ Wilson in the short shorts. That that's pretty much what it is. You know, he, he won the day yesterday when uh when Delaney was given the trophy and he kind of snuck in as, as Delaney was announcing on CBS. I just love this guy's energy. Uh, Sometimes he does some ridiculous things on the court. You know, when he did the spin move late in that game yesterday, kind of just threw it up after stepping on the defender's foot. Yeah. Um, He's, He's a lot of fun in the sense that he gives you a lot of good things and he, he does a lot of bad things. Jordan Poole giveth, Jordan Poole taketh away, but he's a lot of fun. Those threes he hit against Maryland at home, you know, throwing the signs
1: afterwards. I just love Jordan Poole. Just love him. He's my yeah. freshman of the year. Uh, Jordan Poole is my pick. No need to elaborate on that. You guys pretty much hit on everything. So we'll move on to the next category. This is our most improved player for Michigan basketball this year. Uh, since Chris started the last one, i um, Maybe not going to get a nice, clever little pun here, but we'll go back to Luke. Well, you know, you would have gotten a
3: clever little pun had he not changed his name, but I got to go with Xavier Simpson. You know, I probably would have gone with something like X going to give it to you, you know, back when he was Xavier with an X, but he's Xavier with a Z now. And I mean, you take a look at Xavier His first four starts of the year, first four games, he was playing like 19.3 minutes. He averaged four points a game, 3.8 assists. Not bad. You know, he only averaged one and a half shots a game. He sat 12 games on the bench where he played 18 minutes, played okay. But he got his first start again against Illinois. He started the last 19 games. He's been playing 31.4 minutes per game, averaging almost eight field goal attempts, shooting 45% of the field, averaging nine and a half points a game, 4.1 assists, and 1.6 turnovers. I mean, this guy has come so far. He was such a highly touted recruit coming out of high school, that four-star Mr. Basketball in Ohio. He was going to give the Blues to Cassius. That's what I always thought coming in, and he did this year. But people I mean, might not remember, he was so bad that they started Eli Brooks Mm -hmm. at point guard a lot of times this year. Eli Brooks, he's not even getting any minutes now that Jaron Simmons is getting all his minutes. So Xavier Simpson, far and away for me, most improved player on this Michigan team.
2: Chris? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I don't think there's really any other choice. I mean, there's been guys who've, who've stepped up, Rachman, Wagner, but as far as most improved, I mean, I really thought Simpson, he he showed a, a few flashes of, of of good at the end of last year, just a little bit. But honestly, I kind of thought he was going to end up going the Cam Chapman route of just kind of one of those Highly touted guys who just never really played with any confidence, who just never really seemed comfortable in their role. He has transformed himself into an amazing defender. He's a great ball handler. And I thought yesterday he played, with the exception of a few missed free throws, basically a perfect game of basketball as far as a college point guard is concerned. I I don't think he turned it over. Uh, He... He hit a few big shots. He was driving. He was dishing. He, His growth has been, to me, the most impressive storyline, really, of this season.
1: Well, once again, uh, you guys sort of um, cucked my pick. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, my pick was Xavier Simpson. Um, listen, it was one of the crazy active hands on both sides of the floor. Uh, the pass. Uh, was it to Teske, uh, against Purdue? Just I can't. The only thing missing from the gif of that is like one of the logos for an adult entertainment site. I mean, yeah. it was Teske so-
3: smash.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't Google that. But um, all right, well, we'll move on to the next one then. Uh, best moment of the year. I think we'll have some different ones mm-hmm. here, but uh, I have mine picked out. So, uh, Chris, what's your best moment of the year? Uh, I, I'm with the caveat that perhaps we haven't seen the best moment of the year. This either. is true.
2: Yes. It, it, this, this might be our La La Land moonlight moment. We might be a little bit premature here, but, uh, <laughs> we
1: don't Google that either. <laughs> Sorry. Continue.
2: Okay. Yes. Um, it obviously, you know, probably all of our favorite moment. Uh, it, it was probably yesterday. Um, and or or going into Breslin and winning, but uh, I'm going to go w- with one that's a bit more personal because I was at this game. Um, Anthony, I know you were at this game as well, um, and it was uh, I'm going to go with Senior Day as a whole with uh, a in in parentheses uh, Austin Hatch that uh, terrific yes. absolutely awesome because that whole uh, his journey was something that hey, could have easily been mishandled even even just even after they said we're gonna keep your scholarship that still could have turned into something that was a publicity stunt it still could have turned into something that was uh exploitive of of, of a tragedy and it never got to that point he he uh, they they never you know uh, did anything that uh felt like they were trying to um, exploit what had happened to him. Uh, it, they made him comfortable. And, you know, obviously you, it's almost impossible not to root for, the, for this guy. But uh, it was um, – I, I just remember being at the Ohio State game and when they brought him out uh, before the game for senior day, thinking kind of in my head, like, man, I would be shocked if Michigan loses this game because I wanted, I wanted to fucking suit up. I wanted to play right then and there. Uh, and do, you know, the great move by uh, Beeline and, and whoever was in charge there of, of having him be, be included in the starting lineup when they announced it as well. Um, and after the game, that, that whole game was, uh, was really electric and it was kind of, it was kind of even at, more so than when they beat State, kind of the first moment where I felt like this this might not just be a, a, a team that could, you know, like a Sweet 16 team that might make some noise in the Big Ten tournament. That was that was kind of the first moment where I said, I think they, they could hang a banner in this arena because of this team. And, uh, Damn, no so matter you, what guys, you guys the were Ten there tournament. at
3: Chrysler on Senior Day? Go ahead. So you guys were there on Chrysler on senior on senior day?
0: Yes. Correct.
3: What was what was it like in Chrysler when Hatch got introduced?
1: Uh he was booed every time he touched the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um mercilessly. Not just like, oh boo, hey, it was like full out booing. Like who was, was
2: LeBron coming back from like or being with
1: think like Chris Chelios? back in chicago like level of booing like stuff like that
2: no but obviously uh, obviously in all in all seriousness it was uh i mean it was it was awesome i mean i'm i'm a big softy so i got i teared up a little bit and and it it was uh it's it's kind of crazy to think that it's been four years um but I, i can't think of a better uh a better coach to have handled this entire situation. And I think the players, uh, probably over these last four years, but especially in that game, were feeding off of the energy from that pregame ceremony. One of uh, literally one of the, my, my favorite moments ever as a sports fan was when, when Wagner was basically tackling people to get to a loose ball. And then, uh, just got up and started going nuts. Uh, it that will it, that was the loudest I think I'd ever heard Chrysler. It was like somebody had lit a firecracker in the place, and so that that's uh, I know I ramble talking about it, but that was uh, that that was my favorite moment uh, of this season,
1: yeah. Man, I don't have the music to play you off, so I just kind of let you keep going there. No, you're good, but. Uh... <laughs> uh Luke what what's yours? So, you know,
3: obviously, you know, the one yesterday was awesome with the Teskey slam and him going nuts, but honestly, my favorite moment this year because this was kind of personal uh, remember when Nick Ward tripped Mo Wagner last year uh, after a timeout going back, you know, when, when Michigan ran him off the court in Chrysler. Well, in the Breslin this year when Mo went behind the back and Nick Ward hit the floor and Mo went in and uh, got the score. I mean, that was my favorite moment of the year because, number one, I don't like Nick Ward at all. So watching him just I mean belly flop onto the floor because of Mo Wagner was ecstatic that was absolutely electric I loved every bit of it by far my favorite moment of the
1: year he Uh, made him look like when you pull the plug on like the wacky arm (laughs) flailing inflatable tube man like he just collapsed on the floor like it was that was awesome I actually um I didn't forget about that but that's not the one I picked uh Luke you sort of hit on it uh for whatever reason my favorite moment of this year was John Teske having his Spike Albrecht moment because we have not seen that at all this year I mean he had a I think he had a double-digit game I want to say it was when they played at Little Caesars Arena but other than that you know he's he's given some good minutes here and there but um, you know not just not just the stat line but there's the picture going around um, I think it's from the Michigan Daily where Teske dunks over isaac haas and just kind of stares him down like while he's hanging from the rim <laughs> yes that is some cold-blooded shit and i am here for that so more of that heading into march Hopefully so so spikey had 13 in the first half of a national championship game
3: shot a shot, a shot at kate uh in a big 10 cha- in a big 10 championship game obviously not that level
1: who should john Teskey have shot a shot at on twitter uh, he was shooting shots at Fortnite, uh, like I said before. He was like, "Man, I um, don't care." I, who is like, who is like today's version of Kate Upton?
3: Right. I'll just say, if
2: he goes after Emma Stone or Margot Robbie, he's dead to me. I'm just throwing that. Uh,
3: oh, Margot would have been a good one, maybe. I, I don't know, but but I guess Kate was Kate was actually at the game, so that's you know. true.
2: Yeah, who was at MSG? Uh, yeah,
3: but, interesting. But, but real
2: quick to just to add on to that, you know, much like he, with. The, the spike game in the national championship, uh the performance he gave, even though tesky hadn't been putting up a ton of points, obviously, in the limited time he'd been playing, he'd been putting in good minutes, like whether it be it de- defensively getting rebounds or even like at his worst, just uh, making sure Wagner didn't get into any other foul trouble. So when he came yeah. in yesterday, even though Wagner got his first foul early. Um, i i, I did i didn't feel like uh, I, I didn't feel like oh man this is this is gonna screw things up this game's over they can't that's the one thing they couldn't do. Uh, I, I think Teske's a, a more than capable backup center and I, like he was doing stuff yesterday that like hitting mid range jumpers like that that was that was really surprising but uh you know that was that that was an awesome moment and it shows. For one of the few times in the Beeline era that this team has legitimate depth.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This might be the deepest team that he's had. Um, maybe not. Like, I'm not gonna say they're not the most talented. I need to kind of see how this year finishes yeah, out. 2013
2: but... team, I think was.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't have five or six NBA guys on this team. Yeah. Um, You just don't. So, um, all right. Well, we'll move on then. Um, our next two categories are best supporting actor and best actor. Uh, we will kind of go quickly through these ones because uh, I think they're going to be kind of obvious. Uh, so we'll start with best supporting actor and we will go with uh, we'll go back to Chris. What about best meme? We, we're we not doing best meme. We'll get. Oh, I skipped.
3: that.
2: Yeah, word. I was about to say, um, yeah,
1: my bad. Uh, let's do best meme. Uh, my, my ball. That's drop the ball. Uh, that's that's not good hosting on my part. So we will do best meme. And since you pointed out, Luke, uh, you will lead this category off. So uh, way to volunteer.
3: Well, you know, uh, going back to the Teskey smash, uh, it, it's my best meme because I'm going to use this. I apologize in advance for any of my Twitter followers out there. I plan on using this meme probably 100 times during the tournament. It's going to be the Xavier Simpson mean mug after yeah. the the Teskey smash. I love that picture, man. <laughs> Xavier. The that was the a great
1: of sequence of television shots. Like it was. The dunk, the mug, and then there was uh, there was another shot too. Shout out CBS, man. Yeah, yeah, great. Honestly, I thought their coverage was terrific. So, uh, but okay, back to not to get on a tangent. Back to task at hand.
3: That's it, though. Yeah, that's that's my the Xavier Simpson meme mug. I'm gonna use it a ton during this tournament. Hope to use it a ton during football season. So uh, I love that meme. All
2: right, Chris. I'm gonna keep mine short. Any meme or GIF of of Tom Izzo looking sad or confused,
1: <laughs> or or the, one the Saturday where it looks like he's got uh, walnuts in his cheeks, so right? Or, know, or for the winner,
2: or the one where uh, it, where he has his hands up and it says, "This is supposed to be my month." Um, yeah, it's it's petty, it's childish, uh, but it's really funny and I like it. So I'm, that that's gonna win uh, best meme.
3: Piggybacking me. piggybacking on that. Uh, Ace and Bender's tweet about uh Tom, did you beat Michigan this year? And it's him like looking mad and slightly shaking his head. No, it was fantastic.
1: <laughs> uh, gift game strong mm-hmm. uh, on the Michigan Twitters, but uh I'm going to go with, and this actually, I will use this to set up the best supporting actor because the meme I'm about to uh, describe is also the guy that I'm picking for my best supporting. So I guess I'm leading that category. Um, my favorite memeable moment is uh, the stone faced Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman at the end of the Maryland game. Um, just the, you know, there was, there was, I've never seen a, a more expressionless um, face on anyone at the free throw line. That is an assassin. That is what assassins do. That's how they close out games. And uh, Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman is not only my my meme of the year, but he's also my best supporting. Uh, actor and the way that the the reason I I say that is you know he is I think in a lot of ways when Michigan is at its best he's he might be the lead guy like they don't really have it doesn't seem like they have a lead dog so to speak Uh, but you know when we talk about someone that makes everyone around them better you know that that's I didn't want to vote for Xavier Simpson in two categories Um, so maybe Simpson has a little more of a claim to this but I just think as a senior, uh, Abdur Rahman, you know, he's, you know, he he can cut. He can shoot from outside. You know, I think that's that's a great piece to have, you know, regardless of of who's who's hot or not. So um, I love the way that he compliments the pieces that they have. And, you know, when he takes charge, it's pretty special as well. But that's going to be my pick for this category.
3: Anthony, I've seen your mentions. Sometimes you could use that Marv meme nonstop when people say some ridiculous shit in your mentions.
1: I mean that's Twitter, <laughs> you know. That's <laughs> I, I don't have time to tweet a picture at people every single time, man. Just tweet it every I, time. Yeah, you know what? You may have just given me a new bit there. So you <laughs> know, I'll, I'll cut you on the profits on this yeah. of that one. But uh, all right, uh, Chris, what's your uh, your best supporting actor?
2: Uh, well, first off, I'm I'm I think we have to give honorable mention best meme because people will freak out if no if nobody brought this up the Jordan Poole stare down at. Uh, Oh, at the camera uh, Penn state.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, t- I, totally forgot about that. I did not see that game live. So I, I forgot. I did. Yes. So I, that-
2: I, that, that's not my pick obviously, but I want to get that, give that an honorable mention. Uh, best supporting. Obviously uh, you, you didn't want to pick uh Simpson for two categories. Uh I will. Uh, I've just, I've literally, I've honestly fallen in love with this guy's game. I, I, I as weird as it is, because I'm I'm such an an opinionated, uh, loud prick, I do love to be proven wrong. And Xavier Simpson has completely proven me wrong about the type of player I thought uh, he could be. If he was doing what he's doing now as a senior, I would have thought that he had made massive improvements. The fact that in a year in a year he he's been able to, to become a completely different player Um, has really been a lot of fun to watch. And I think it's kind of symbolic of this team really as a whole, what they've been able to do. So I'm, I'm going to go with Simpson.
3: All right, Luke. Well, you know um, this one for me, I'm going to, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to give it to Duncan Robinson for his support off the bench because I mean, you look at it. He started the first 18 games of the season. It really wasn't bad for him. You know, he's averaging almost 10 points a game in those 18 games. He only shot 35.6% from three, though, in 26 minutes. Then in his five big 10 starts this year, uh, before he got benched or moved to the bench, he was averaging only 6.2 points per game and shot 20.8% from behind the arc. Moved uh, to the bench. Coming off the bench, he's had one start in the last 17 games when Isaiah Livers was down with that ankle injury, but Duncan Robinson off the bench has been averaging 9.2 points per game, shooting 43.4% from behind the arc in 25.6 minutes and 47.6% field goal percentage. They're 14-3 and since he's moved to the bench. I gotta give a lot of love because I think Duncan Robinson off the bench transcends this offense into something that we didn't think Michigan could get to before when he was starting. But now that he's off the bench, he's able to provide that bench scoring, provide a little more depth. And I think it's been huge
1: for this Michigan team. So my best supporting actors to Duncan Robinson. You know what? That is, again, that is an incredible oversight by me. I mean, he was the big 10th six man of the year. Uh, that is literally, to me, that is the definition of someone who comes in uh, for support, even just, even, you know, emotional support of your teammates. You know, he could have pouted when he got benched, but he didn't. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, I'm not going to change my pick, but that's an incredible oversight on my part, but we will move into our best actor category. Now. Um, I, I have a feeling I know what both of your picks will be, uh, but Hey, let's go for it. Um, Luke, what's your best actor? Well, you know, I know that you probably think I'm going to go with Mo Wagner,
3: but I'm actually not. I'm actually going to go with Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman. I think he has been the best player on this Michigan team this year. I think Mo has had a higher higher ceiling in some games, but no one's been better in their wins than Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman. He's averaging 12.6 points per game this year, 3.3 assists, 3.9 rebounds now. I mean, when you take a look at his splits, this is really eye-popping to me. In Michigan's wins this year, he's averaging 13 points per game, 3.6 assists per game, shooting forty 45%, five 45.7% from the field and 42.5% behind the arc. Now, in their losses, he's averaging 2 points less, 11.1. He's shooting 38% from the field, so 7 percentage point differential and only 30.3% from three, a 12.5% Point differential. So I think Mar has been the best player this year, especially in their wins. He's been very, very, you know, consistent across the board. Sometimes Mo, uh, he, he shows up, he doesn't show up. He had one point in that first half against Purdue, uh, excuse me, against Michigan State, and then 14 in that second half. I just think Mar, when he's on, this Michigan team is almost unstoppable. I think Mar has been the best player on this Michigan team, the most important player on this Michigan team.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up here, and maybe maybe I'm breaking the rules, maybe I'm cheating, but I wanted to think outside the box, um, because I think there's one person that this team uh, revolves around, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna give best actor to John Beeline. Um, I, I think that what he's been able to do with this roster and with this team over the last couple of years, and it, it's not even just the last couple of years. Honestly, his entire tenure there I, I know Michigan is meant to be a, a a football school but when you when you put it into perspective and think all the things that he had to do when he was hired at Michigan he had to make sure that he ran a clean program he had to deal with a, a an arena and a gym and facilities that were that were way below par, especially for, for a major school like Michigan. Uh, he had to try, try to recruit better. He had to, uh, establish some sort of of excitement and, and tradition. And while he was at it, uh, spent the first two years, uh, working his system with somebody else's players and, uh, seeing the growth of him as a coach and the team as a whole through the years has been remarkable. And uh, I mean, I would still say that 2014 when they lost McGarry and people thought they might not make the tournament and they ended up winning the big 10 by three games, I would still say that that was probably his best coaching job, but man, it's neck and neck with this. So thinking outside the box a little bit, I do think Wagner is the best player on this team. But uh, I decided to go with Beeline. He's kind of the conductor of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I have a hot take. Listen, I am going to tease it for the next show. Uh, I have a hot take about John Beeline, and I will save it for the next show. And uh, I want people to come back and listen. And it's not, it's not well thought out enough by me yet to to release it to the world. But I do have it, and I do believe it one hundred percent. But so I will save it for next week. But my best actor. Uh, I'll put it this way The Joker, Stansfield, Hans Gruber, Moriarty. These are some of the greatest villains in cinematic history. Every great team needs a great villain. And the most striking thing about this Michigan team, and perhaps my most favorite thing about this Michigan team, is they finally have a player that everybody hates. This, you know, this shit eating, grin wearing, um, scrappy. Giant German that everyone hates, and that's Mo Wagner. Uh, when he is firing on all cylinders, nobody will beat Michigan. He is—I I love it. I love the character. I love the persona. I love the—I love everything about that kid. And I think that um, he's the straw that stirs the drink. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a just a big fan. I'm looking forward to fan bases nationally learning to hate him over the next month or so. So that's my pick. I, uh, we will finish it with this. Uh, go ahead, real quick. I feel
3: like you know Mo Wagner is who Mark Donald was supposed to be. If Mark Donald was a co- cocky son of a bitch.
2: Hmm. Hmm. No. I, I can that's... see that, but I know uh, that Wagner's taller though, and, and I think uh, I, I I could I can see I can see what you're saying though. You nailed it with the Hans Gruber thing though. I mean that's the. Uh, <laughs> that that that's the uh, we finally understand what
1: it's, like. it's kind of like to be duke. Yeah, I mean even Michigan's been good, but it doesn't really, they haven't had guys that people hate. I mean, your rivals are going to hate your good players, mm-hmm. but you know, we look nationally, you you look at the Twitter during some of these games and people hate Movoker. But the thing he's him.
2: I totally understand why other people hate him, but he's as this kind of tradition with the a beeline program is that he's he's hateable because he's cocky on the on the court but he's not he's still somebody i would consider to be a character guy you know he's never gotten in trouble off the court he's never beaten his girlfriend sure. you know he said he's you know he's been you know fairly quiet off the court the teammates his teammates like playing for him uh you know, well,
1: even, like, people hate Grayson Allen because he trips people and kicks people in the nuts. Like, Mo doesn't do any of that, right. but they still hate him.
2: Right, uh, be- because of what he does. He's able to walk that line, and uh, he's one of those guys that you you hate partially because he's not on your team. If he was on your team, you would you would love having him, and you would love the energy he brings.
3: Mo could be Kevin Pittsnoggle He just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs>
1: That's a great comparison, honestly. Uh, let's finish off the Oscars with this. Uh, our Michigan Oscars with, you know, they always finish the Oscars with best picture. I think best picture, you know, work of art, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from start to finish, best performance the team has had this year. I Again, this is one I think that's that's pretty obvious, at least for me, but I'm interested in hearing what you guys have.
2: Uh, whose turn is it to go first? You just spoke,
1: so it's you. Yeah, I've
2: been <laughs> a lot. Oh, so oh, really? Okay, all right. I'll go. Uh, Best team performance from start to finish. You know, I don't. I don't have to exactly go in a time machine here, but I am. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with yesterday's performance. Um, it's obviously the easy choice, but uh, it was between that or the first Michigan State game. Um. Because I, I felt like, yet I never really felt like they were slipping at all yesterday. I felt like from the jump, it I felt like they were in control of that game.
1: And- I agree. I, I was never once even concerned, even at halftime. They're only up five. I think I dropped in the Slack chat. I'm like, they will win this game by double digits. You did digits. call that I, like, there, there was never a doubt in my mind that that would happen, so... Um, I like it. That's a good pick, Chris. Uh, What do you have, Luke? Now, for me, um, I mean, best
3: performance start to finish, man. It's got to be the February 24th game at Maryland for me. Uh, I I think this was, you know, because, I mean, they were up 54-24 to at halftime. And this was against a Maryland team on their home court on senior day where Maryland probably was looking for some revenge. They feel like they should have won that game at Chrysler Arena. But Michigan, I mean – absolutely insane shot 51% of the from the field 54% you know from 2 and almost 50% from 3 uh 62% of uh, possessions or scores were assisted on this Michigan performance at Maryland in an 85 to 61 win start to finish i think offensively and defensively was far and away that was the epitome of what this Michigan team could be and that's a scary thing to think about
1: yeah, I like that one too. Uh maybe it wasn't as obvious as I thought it was. Um I'm going to go uh I'm gonna go with that first game in Michigan State. I actually sort of kind of half considered um the offensive performance they put up against Detroit Mercy at LCA, uh where they scored ninety points. I think that was the game that Duncan Robinson got going, but again, it's Detroit Mercy, and it was a game that they were gonna win by thirty points anyway. Yeah. So I didn't go with that, obviously, but you know, I was there, so a little fond memory Same of here. Um, of seeing that live and sitting courtside
2: for a game that had never happened—largest crowd in LCA uh, history.
1: <laughs> yeah, largest largest crowd in LCA history that day uh, for a game being played between Michigan and Detroit Mercy. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the record they hold. Um, yeah, the what the the game at Michigan State uh, was probably my favorite of the year. Uh, we talked about Wagner putting um putting Nick Ward on skates, and you know, that was. It's just awesome to watch. Anytime you can go there and win and win like that. Michigan's actually done it a few times uh, under Beeline, but uh, that one was seeing it that this was, you know, quote, unquote, the best team that Tom Izzo was ever going to have. That was was a sweet one. So that's my pick. Those are the Oscars, and that uh, will do it for this segment, and we'll move into something off the wall that I thought of over the weekend, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on, so we'll head there next. All right. And we're back now with the random segment that I teased uh, just as we were finishing up the Oscars. Um, I don't know about you guys. I can only speak for myself here, but you know, when you watch a sporting event or a basketball game, a lot of people are locked in during the game, like completely locked in even commercial breaks. are thinking, okay, what are they going to come out of the timeout with? What are they going to run here? Uh, what, what's the play going to be? You know, you know, the inbounds play, what are the subs they're going to make? What are the matchups they're going to go with? There are some people who are basketball, basketball, basketball from, you know, before the game hours before the game to even hours after the game. Listen, I'm a big basketball fan, but there are a lot of random thoughts I have during a game that have nothing to do with it. And because I'm a content guy, I decided to write some of them down uh, from, I think this was Friday's game when I was watching them. uh, What Friday was Nebraska. So yeah, this is during Friday's game. Uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to read off some, uh, and I don't know what these are inspired by. It was commercials, whether it be things I saw on social media, I'm going to re- write, up, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to raffle off, raffle off, rattle off some things that, yeah, no, <laughs> this is not a raffle you want to win. Trust me. Um, I'm going to rattle off some questions that went through my head and you don't have, you can answer them if you'd like. Yeah, I just want to hear your feedback and, this may just be like the first part of a psyche valve, honestly. So um, if you guys are ready to hear the stuff that rattles around in my head while I'm watching a game, um, I'll fire it, uh, get it fired up for you.
2: Let's, let's hear it.
1: All right. Uh, first, uh, what song would you like to be buried to at your funeral? <laughs> oh man.
2: What caused you to think this? Term?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I think I wrote this down out of, out of, out of order because I had watched Creed earlier that day and mm. you know, I lo- I love the boxing entrances the things like that. The actually, the question I wrote down was what would your walkout music be uh, if you were a boxer or in the UFC or something like that? And then my mind went to, if I ever was in the ring, I would get murdered. So <laughs> what would, what would the song that I'd be buried to be? So those are two pretty <laughs> random as hell. Like I said, uh, we actually addressed this one earlier in the podcast. What is the weirdest movie you've ever seen? Um, I want to stop there and get your thoughts on it. Weirdest movie you've ever seen. So oh, we're not
2: answering, we're not going to answer the funeral question.
1: You, you absolutely can. I, I hope you don't think about it too much. Uh, I don't, <laughs> but it was a you know, question that popped in my head. What do you got?
2: Uh, you know, I would probably, it, dep- it depends on uh, not to get too morbid, but when I die, Assuming I die or how. of old age, uh, or how? yeah, assuming I die of old age, um, and have lived a, a filled life. Um, I, I, when, when people die of old age, I, I don't, it, this might sound weird. I don't find those funerals to be that sad because like, no, those are celebrations of life took essentially. the fucking words out of my mouth. So I'd want, I'd want my favorite song to be played at my funeral. Uh, which is Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. So, um, Ooh, nice. Okay. That's, Chris, uh, do
1: any, uh, Luke, do you have any thoughts you, on that? I, man, I I
3: have no idea. There's so many that went through my head. I think, uh, though, um, unfortunately, I'm blanket on the name, but I used to listen to this on my way to work. I, when I was uh, going to Central, uh, my uncle, he owns a greenhouse down there, Lapham's uh, down in, uh, Mount Pleasant. I used to go work at the greenhouse. It, oh, okay. and, uh, so it, it was really early in the morning, you know, the, the sun was just starting to come up sort of thing. And the song, it, uh, it just gave me life every single day. Uh, it was the, um, it was, it was the Kanye song off the life of Pablo with kid Cuddy. And the drop is, is just incredible.
2: It's not all the lights, is it? No, no, no.
3: It, it's on it's the life of it's on the life of Pablo. I'm gonna look it up right now. It is um farther stretch my hands, part one. So that's that's oh. what I would want to go
1: with. Wow, okay, that's deep. Um <laughs> uh, gosh. I, I would go with I think I'd want to be buried as like fade to black by Metallica plays, but not the whole song, just like the guitar solo of it. Cause that guitar solo is like one of the most beautiful things ever written. And I'd like to think my funeral would be a celebration of life. So um, that would be my pick. Uh, we also had the boxing or UFC. What would your walkout song to that be? I feel like the first thing that pops in my head would be like till I collapse. Mm. But I think there are, there are, there are better ones out there. You have any thoughts on that?
3: Uh, mine, mine would absolutely be. We ready by Archie eversole it, it'd have to be that, that one almost always got me hyped. I-
2: uh, yeah, obviously, like I'm a massive fan of Eminem. So till I collapses yourself, they, they stand out. Uh, I'm going to mix it up, uh, because I would like to do this if I was, you know, a boxer, or UFC fighter and just kind of troll people. Uh, and it's not really a, a troll job because it's a fucking great song. I'd go with, uh, I'll make a man out of you from Mulan as my, uh,
1: that's a terrific choice. Yes. Like super underrated choice. Um, have either of you seen Kill Bill? Yes. So the the song that plays like right as the end credits start rolling at at, at volume one, it's called "The Lonely Shepherd." It's like a pan flute song. Uh, maybe I'll roll it. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, we'll be. I'll, I'll close the podcast w- with that. I think I have been doing that. Actually, I like it. It it is it is the most beautiful thing ever. And it also makes me want to run a samurai sword through someone, and I feel like that's the mentality you have to have. Like right. St- out of a ring so
3: that'll be my well and and you know Uh, one for me that uh that that i would have to steal from someone because i just there's a connotation with it when anderson silva beat the shit out of forrest griffin i don't know if you guys uh watched that fight back in the day uh it was an absolute clinic by by the spider but he came out to dmx's version of ain't no
1: sunshine and it was incredible wow (laughs) that's so badass (laughs) Okay, um, so as I look at this list, I realize it wasn't just from the game. These are actually like random thoughts I had throughout the weekend. That's hard. So this I like our, this
2: i like this segment. I don't
1: know. So this is—it's kind of a little brain dump type thing. Um, so let me set this one up. I went to the Oakland. Uh, I, like I said, I went. I was at quite a bit of the Horizon League tournament uh, this this past weekend. I went to the Oakland uh, basketball game on Sunday at Little Caesars Arena. And obviously Michigan was playing before that. So watch the game at the bar. Uh, As, you know, me and my buddy are are sitting at the bar. A guy asked my friend, you know, how are the tacos? He got the tacos. I don't know what kind. Don't ask me fish, steak, whatever. I wasn't that into whatever he ordered. But a guy next to him asked him, how are the tacos? And, you know, get to conversing. You get to talking. Come to find out, we were chatting. This guy was Oakland's swimming and diving coach and his wife was sitting next to him. And after, at some point in this conversation, he pulls a pair of tickets out of his pocket. Now we had, we had tickets to the game anyways. We had free passes uh, to this game, but he pulls a pair of tickets out of his pocket and they are VIP seats on the floor uh, next to him and his wife. He said a buddy of his broke his foot and they couldn't come. So he said, you guys are more welcome to have these tickets. So we sat and watched the Oakland game literally, we're basically on the bench, like with essentially like just to the right of Greg Campy. Nothing but the Oakland cheerleaders in front of us. So my question is, what is the most random sporting event encounter you've ever had? Um, Well, my brother, he, uh, he used to live out
3: in Phoenix. And uh, so we went out there. It was my, I think my freshman year of high school. Uh, and he worked at a sports bar called Zip's. And, uh, you know, met a lot of people. We were there for dinner and uh, it was it was Easter weekend. So we were there the Saturday night before Easter. And um, this guy, this random guy at the bar asked my brother if he wanted two uh, passes to the Coyotes game the next day. And uh, so we took them. We were two rows behind the glass, uh, on right near the goalie net, uh, you know, on the left side. But it came with this thing to go into like this underground tunnel where the players go to the locker rooms. And there was like a big Easter buffet. And we we watched one period of the hockey game, and then went into that back room, ate some like Easter lunch, like ham and stuff, and we watched the final round of the Masters where Zach Johnson beat Tiger Woods.
1: Wow, that is. <laughs> That's a good one. That's better than mine. Uh, Chris, what do you have? Mine
2: would probably be, uh, it was three years ago at the big time tournament in Chicago. Uh, like when we, my brother and I entered the stadium, uh, a woman just pulled us aside and said, Hey, you want to play lightning at halftime? Uh, and we were like, sure. Yeah. Um, And, but like, for some reason we didn't tell our parents about it. So we spent the first half of the Michigan game with them wondering, what are you doing? And, uh, and we didn't text them back until we went on the court. Uh, And so that was, that was, uh, that was pretty wild. They got to, you know, uh, knock out a few people in lightning at the United center Uh, that was really unexpected and, and free. So yeah, that, that kind of stands out as pretty random.
1: All right. Well, that is very random. Uh, this is also random. Don't really need a huge explanation on this. Uh, how long are you willing to wait for a table? I was somewhere downtown over the weekend and they at, they said it would be 90 minutes to two hours for a table. I walked out. I'm not, I don't care what you serve. I will not eat at your establishment if it's longer than an hour wait. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Can I sit I at the bar or no? Uh, it will take them ninety to ninety minutes to two hours to see you, period. So okay, so I can't go get
3: drinks or anything? Yeah, that's
1: way too long. Yeah, you I mean, I, I suppose you could go grab a drink, but I'm talking ninety minutes to two hours before you even are allowed access to ordering food. I'm not a big bar stander. I'm not a I don't like I'm not gonna say I don't like crowds, but I don't like the you know I don't like someone's elbow like being near my Adam's apple when I'm at the bar. So
2: Have you guys? Go ahead, Chris. Sorry, forty-five minutes to me is like the longest I'm usually willing to wait at a restaurant. Uh, Just because, unless it's like a once, you know, a a really special event. Um, But in that case, I'd get reservations. So, like, if it's thirty to forty-five minutes, I mean, you're pushing it.
3: Have you guys ever eaten at Red Coat Tavern in Royal Oak? Yes. No, I have not. Okay, so for my money, the best burger I've ever had, like with whatever sauce that they do there, but I've waited I've waited like an hour and ten minutes there for a table while standing. They have this little little hallway from the hostess thing to the bar, uh just a small, small little area. I've waited standing on the wall for an hour and a half just drink a beer
1: uh, there. So See that that is that's maybe the one exception to me. But so that's like by the fireplace yep, yep, over, yep. over all that stuff. So, yeah, um, I've never I've been there probably four or five times. I've never had to wait too terribly long, but I do not mind standing and waiting there. But again, it's one of those deals where it's like that is 45
3: like is pretty much it for me, though, like for the most part on average.
1: Well, you know what the most annoying thing was? It was like I called ahead uh, and ask, asked if I could put a reservation in And I said, no, you got to put your name in when you get here. And then it'll be like 90 minutes to two hours after that. So I get there, I put the name in or I go to put the name in. And uh, I talked to a woman on the phone. The guy that was at the front counter was a, uh, a guy and he goes, um, do you have a reservation? I was like, no, the girl on the phone said I couldn't put one in. She's, and he goes, well, you totally could have put one in. So it's like, I could have knocked at least a half hour off of, off of the wait. So, um, no, that, that place of, I won't, uh, no free ads. Uh, it's not even a free ad, but, Um, they will not be getting any publicity from this podcast. So um, this is my final one. Uh, You guys know me, 24-7 sports. I do NFL stuff there. NFL Combine this past weekend. So uh, I watched a lot more guys running around in shorts, uh, in tight shorts than I would have liked to watch this weekend. But um, so many different events. You know, you got the lifting, you've got the 40s, you've got the high jump, the long jump, all that stuff. What is one NFL combine category that you think you could compete in and be near the top of the leaderboard? Oh wow. <laughs> um. Huh. Now, okay, I'll I'll say it with this caveat: we'll just say like for, you know, I we're pretty much all three of us pretty average in terms of fitness and things like that. Like I wouldn't, you know, we'll just call ourselves average. We'll we'll grade ourselves as average. Uh, so we'll, we'll say, like, with offensive linemen. Okay, yeah, I, I, I definitely think
3: the three-cone shuttle then. I, I You know, I, I like my ability to, to perform well.
2: Dude, honest, about you, Chris? honest to God, there's I, really, I just don't think there's anything. I, I'm just not a good athlete. <laughs> I can't think of – I really can't. Here's the thing. If I had, uh, like, better upper body strength – uh, than I do now, which what I have now is like a 10 year old. I wasn't, and I'm going, dude, I'm going back to like third and second grade here. I wasn't a bad quarterback. Even in high school when we'd play football, uh, every so often I'd be quarterback and I was pretty good. Problem is arm strength. So if there was something involving short range accuracy, I could maybe be okay. And that's like the lowest compliment I could possibly give myself. I could maybe be okay.
1: Uh, I think you might be more accurate than Josh Allen. I think you probably. might be. Well,
2: yeah, that's true. Look, I, 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 besides that, I mean, I'm not fast. I can't jump high. Um, I can't bench anything. Um, so I, I – I, if you gave me a year – Maybe I could get something else, but as the only thing I could think of is maybe yeah, some sort of uh, so some sort of accuracy drill.
1: Okay, uh, I think I could break five seconds in the forty. I think I'd run a four eight. Are you I serious? Think I, could, I think I. Could I do that. used to be able to, but man. I don't know if
3: I can anymore. I I, could have, I think I ran laser time. My laser time in high school was the best I ever did was, was a four eight, but laser time is so
1: hard. Yeah. I think, I think I could run a four eight and that's like, like the absolute, like me running a four eight would be like the equivalent of like anyone else running like a four two. Like, I think that's, I think I could do it. Like, I think at my fastest, I could run a four eight. So um i'll have to put that to the test it'd probably be much slower than that i don't even remember what it was in high school i think i ran like a 5-2 or something like that but they didn't really keep track of that stuff and you know as a byproduct uh maybe maybe we should have uh because we were we'll get that,
3: it we'll get a brewcast 40 yard dash going the brewcast combine oh about that, that would be fun man that would be fun
2: um, maybe for you guys but yeah <laughs>
1: We'll see if we can uh, spare, if uh, Coach Harbaugh will spare a few minutes of his yeah. time. Maybe we'll get to stop watching the whistle out and see what happens. But, um, well, that's it for me. That's all the random stuff that went through my head. I think we've covered pretty much everything we wanted to cover. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we close this out? No, I think think that's pretty good, man. It's a good second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I we, we don't We done talked ourselves out of ideas, so I think that's a good, that's a good time as any to stop. But for sure. Um, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on social? Either of you. You can rock, paper, scissors. All for
2: right, I'll go first. I'll, I'll go. just pick one. I'll go first. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter sphere. It's at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-O-N. I have a YouTube page as well that's Castellani Losers Clubs, my last name, followed by CLC if you want to search that up on YouTube. Uh, Give me a follow. Tell them Mazin Bruce sent you. That's all I got. (laughs)
3: And You can find me on Twitter. I am at Luke Giardi. G H I A R D I. Go give me a follow. Uh, follow. Uh, also on Facebook. You can just search my name. I'll add you. And go ahead. And find me on the socials.
1: All right. And you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, which, by the way, it will be. This will be something I hold a grudge with with Twitter until my dying breath um, while they play fade to black at my funeral. It will be because I would just love my Twitter handle to be Anthony broom, but there's an egg account that has not used that handle uh, in six years. I don't believe it's ever been tweeted from, and I would like to have that and Twitter. If you're listening, I would like to have that, but it's not where I'm at now. That was a pretty long diatribe about nothing. You could follow me on Twitter at Anthony T broom NFL free agency about to kick off. I can, Check out my stuff for both the Minnesota Vikings. Your Kurt, I feel like I've been on the Kirk Cousins beat. Check that stuff out too at uh, Vikings on twenty four seven Sports. And obviously, um, pulling the strings over at Mazen Brew. Follow Mason Brew on Twitter. We have two amazing T shirts on sale right now: uh, the January, February, Michigan, April T shirt, uh, which is just buy one. I don't need to sell it; they're fire. Go to the website, check it out, get yourself one. Free shipping for orders over fifty dollars. So. Buy yourself two shirts, wear them to work, uh put you know, rub them in your your state fans' faces. I know they love wearing their little January, February Izzo April shirts. No, 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 This is a new this is a new era, new shirt, and you should get in on it. And we also have the 2013 championship banner shirts still on sale as well. The proceeds, our cut of the proceeds for that will go to Chad Tuff. We've um we're looking at about fifteen hundred dollars for Chad Tuff right now. Wow. So again, um I think almost 500 shirts sold there. So appreciate like all, all the support with that. And, you know, hopefully those are two shirts that you'll, uh, you'll rock heading into March madness, but um, you can also subscribe to our shows on maze and brew at maze and brew podcasts on iTunes and in the Google play store. Other than that, that's it for us this week at brewcast. Uh, we'll be back next week to preview the NCAA tournament and who the hell knows what else will pop into our heads. We'll hopefully we'll have an interview to do with you guys as well. So, Uh, Thanks for listening and we'll do it again next time.